As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. League show. With the championship on a break, it's time for Leagues 1 and 2 to shine. We'll sort the contenders from the condemned ahead of the running. Hear from new Barrow boss Phil Brown, say farewell to Jermaine Defoe. And there's news of a championship star heading for Italy. This is the Totally Football League show in association with Paddy Bauer. Here we are then, gang, back for the second time this week. It's me, Matt Davis-Adams, in the hot seat, joined by Adrian Clark. Howdy, everyone. Howdy, Adrian. Also back with us for his sophomore appearance is Aaron McLean. How are you doing, Aaron? I'm very well, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, all good, thank you. Bit of an East Anglian rivalry on the show today. Once a tractor boy, always a tractor boy, Adrian Clark and the former posh boy in Aaron. Um, What did you used to do, Aaron, when when it was international break and and you weren't away? Would, Would you be heading straight for Dubai slash Vegas? Would you be staycationing? Would you be just keeping your head down and out of trouble? No, I was very much a, a Dubai, Dubai boy. Go get some sun, go relax, and and just yeah, just go and recharge. I think it's it's definitely beneficial. You know, being a footballer is twenty four seven. Even when you're not at football, you're thinking about football. You're thinking about performances, whether it's going well, whether it's not going well, and what you need to do moving forward for the rest of the season. So having that that break to kind of switch off, spend time with your family. And just just relax, relax your body and your mind is uh, was key for me. And yeah, going away to to Dubai was perfect. Is that relatively new thinking, Adrian? Well, first and foremost, Dubai didn't exist when I was a player, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't think it did. <laughs> Certainly not in its current guys. <laughs> when I played, and this makes me feel incredibly ancient. I don't think we had. I don't think we had these international breaks. I think it was that they just came in the middle of of the domestic season. They were just midweek fixtures, weren't they? It's um, yeah, it's it is something new. Um, I I was in Dubai a few years ago um, on an international break, and it was it was football essential. I've got to say, everywhere you looked, you saw people that you that you recognised. I remember Brendan Rogers was staying in the hotel where I was, and um, yeah, every opportunity was. Um, he was out there catching some rays. It was quite funny, topping up that tan of his. Um, but yeah, it was. Um, I don't blame them. I, I agree completely with Aaron. I think it's, it's something that is beneficial to, to the lads. And and even in what I do now, and I think a lot of you know journal, football journalists, they do use these international breaks to to get away and, and just switch off because I think I think it's important. Uh, well, somebody who's got plenty more time to get themselves some sun on their back is Jermaine Defoe. News breaking on Thursday morning that he has retired from football. We'll talk about that decision in a minute. But but Aaron, you're our, our resident striker. Just, just a bit on Defoe and his his fabulous career. It's a it's a strange way for it to to end, but but it doesn't take away the the brilliance of of his career and and his outstanding goal scoring record basically wherever he went you know from that loan spell at Bournemouth when when he first came to our attention all the way through to the top ends of the Premier League with with Spurs and and then random places like Toronto and Rangers he he, he just scored goals wherever he went basically 
Yeah, he did. And I grew up with Jermaine. I grew up in playing against him from, from nine, ten years old. You know, he was a, a team called Semrab. And watching from, from that young age, watching how he conducted himself, watching the goals that he scored, the way he, just the way he played, he was the, even though he's the same age as me, he was a player that I, I watched and learned from and wanted to emulate because, like I say, from a young age, he just had that determination and desire to to go and be the best and to go and score goals. Anytime there was a ball, whether he was doing a warm-up, if, there, if a ball ran near him, he would smash it into the back of the net. Before a game, he wouldn't speak to you before a game because he was so focused on on his preparations for a game. And it it didn't surprise me to see the see him go on and have the career that he's had because he is the ultimate professional. Ultimate professional, ultimate gentleman, and he deserves he deserves his retirement now. He deserves to go and go and have a rest because for for my generation he he led the way in in how to conduct yourself and and be a, a top top professional and what an unbelievable career that he, he went on to have. Uh, listener, if you're ever at a loose end, go on the Senrab Wikipedia page, the team that Aaron's just mentioned there, because the amount of players that have come through that club is absolutely ludicrous. Lee Bowie, Sol Campbell, Alan Kerbishley, Defoe, Ehiog, uh, the list goes on and on. It is ridiculous. John Terry, Bobby Zamora, Ray Wilkins, incredible stuff. Uh, obviously, we focus on the Football League aspect of things here, Clark, and he was a significant contributor, not just to Bournemouth, as I mentioned, in that ludicrous loan spell where he scored 18 goals in, in 29 games at the very start of his career but for Sunderland maybe not this time round where it clearly hasn't worked but but he's a significant fixture in their history He is, yeah no, he was, I'd echo everything that Aaron said there I played against Senrab by the way uh, for Redbridge we used to beat him no. not an issue for us <laughs> not an issue um, but they, they were excellent um, it makes me feel sad actually because I did play against Jermaine Defoe when he was at West Ham when I was at Stevenage and uh, yeah, so it's it's one of the, one of the last ones that that that, that I played against. Yeah, that's, that, that's our generations. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm well and truly ancient now. But no, he he was brilliant for Sunderland, wasn't he? Um, so popular in the dressing room, um, and also with the supporters, and and what happened with Bradley Lowry that that relationship, that connection was really special, and it went so far beyond football, and it it painted. Him and and it actually shone a shone a light on on footballers as a whole. I think that what happened there, so that, that was a really touching story. And it, you know, I, it touched it definitely touched me, and I think it touched a lot of people. Um, that particular relationship, but he was also an excellent player. Uh, Adrian, he's told Talksport today that that basically he didn't feel his fitness levels were were at the required level. I guess a that that might be coming down from from Scotland and not playing for Rangers so much. But also, as you said before we started recording, when, when you know your time's up, you know, and it's it, you're not going to get it back. So he's done the right thing. Yeah, honourable. And it, it speaks well of his character again, doesn't it? He's just such a good, such a good lad, Jermaine Defoe, not wanting to block up a pathway for, for a younger player when he knows in his heart he's not ready to perform. He's not in that, that, that fit enough state to to make a difference for Sunderland. That's why they brought him back. That's why they're paying his wages. And and yeah, I, I do think when you know, you know, mentally as well. I think if your heart's no longer in it, you don't believe that your body can help you achieve what you need to achieve. Then I think the right thing to do is to hold your hands up and, and concede defeat. Happens to all of us in the end. And and yeah, I would say that, that this call on his part is... Um, yeah, it just it, it just goes to show what a what a great pro he is. We've we've said it already. He's a proper professional. I don't I don't think Sunderland are the club that he remembers. I, f- I think there's been such a turnover in in personnel at the club that the club that he loved and obviously you mentioned his his relationship with Bradley. I think he would have because of that relationship, he really would have loved to have gone and and finished his career on a high at at Sunderland and and give the the fans that he had such a good relationship with, you know, that one last one last celebration. But like you say, it hasn't worked out that way. And I just think that he's looking and thinking, maybe it's just time for me to 
to take a step back, look at what I'm going to do moving forward. And from now to the end of the season, definitely gives him gives him that, that period. Yeah, and listener, you're right. He didn't play for Sunderland in the Football League previously. I made that a bit up. But what he did do was score in his debut against Walsall in the League Cup for West Ham. And he actually scored, counts it up quickly, Six goals in his first five games. Uh, the only the only game that he didn't score in out of his first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen games as a pro was a football league trophy game against Dover Athletic for Bournemouth. Every other one he netted in. Phenomenal stuff. All right, the big news of the week remains Phil Brown's appointment at Barrow. It did happen after we finished recording on Monday. I managed to catch up with the new Bluebird boss earlier this week. Phil, you're with us just after a no doubt gruelling round of introductory interviews with the media. Is that enough to make you think twice? I mean, you could be sunning yourself on a beach somewhere by now. Is, is well, management an addiction for you as well as a passion? I could be sunning myself on a beach just around the corner as well in Barrow. It's a beautiful day. Hopefully, that's synonymous of what's coming. Um, no, it's um, it's for me. It's a good decision. I'm back in in the world of football. Um, it's a good level AFL two. Uh, people are saying, you know, it's a similar kind of um, challenge to what I took on at South End, but it's not for me. South End was six games to go and the win. The bottom two already, you know, they're already in a relegation battle big time. Um, whereas where I'm looking at Barrow's situation, don't get me wrong, with nine games to go, we've still got to win, I, th- I think, a good chunk of them nine games, if not half. Um, and there's some plenty, you know, there's some good teams around us, you know, they've been galvanised by new management, you know, Richie Wellens, which I watched last night. I was looking at um, Orient and, and the style of play at Harrogate, which was very fortunate for me, but turned in a performance for the new manager and and that's what people see. They look at that and they, they wonder why you have this new manager bounce or this, you know, a galvanised team because of new management. And it, it players have got to understand that they, it happens, you know, and I'm hoping I'm going to have that effect on this team at Barrow. Uh, where this week's concerned, it's been very positive. Monday, Tuesday's been outstanding in terms of training. But the one thing we've got to do is... Um, with my job as a manager and the hardest part of that and certainly where Neil McDonald's concerned who's come in with me the hardest part is to get them to carry on uh, the week's work onto the field of play on the Saturday and that's the challenge uh, if we can get that I've witnessed uh, two great days of training uh, I've got two days on Thursday and Friday in preparation for the game on Saturday which will be a tough game there's no doubt about it but we've got to make sure that the bounce that they're feeling at the moment is carried across the white line and and we know there's opposition and we've got tactical nous and we've got a team playing with confidence and we've got a good side um, on the opposite side of the pitch facing us so we've got to be about a um, we're top game if we're going to get something from it. You mentioned Neil McDonald there. How pivotal was his involvement to you in, in terms of your decision? Because obviously he's been at Barrow before, hasn't he? So that, that gives you a, a big head start in terms of an inside track on the squad. Matt, it's, a, it's, it's brilliant. Um, you know, I couldn't have thought of anybody better to bring in. You know, he did a great job here with Rob Kelly uh, in the first year's campaign and keeping Barrow in the AFL too. And bringing Maka back in, it was fortunate that, um, for me, that he was out of work from the Walsall gig that he's, he's just left. It was a match made in heaven. It's a no-brainer for me. We've worked together two or three times. I know Maka's strengths are very, very much so on the training ground. He's a, he's a great technician, good tactical awareness, um, good motivator. Um, he certainly knows to get, he knows how to get a tune out of individuals and, and teams. And, um, to have that working alongside me is, is priceless for me. Um, it is about motivation, but you know every player uh, will tell you we know you know what's ahead of us. But some players take it for granted that, that you know they know that there's nine games to go, and maybe we can wait till the ninth game before we get get this. No, that doesn't you know that doesn't count for me. The next game is the most important one, and I know you've heard that cliche a million times. The next game takes the pressure off at the end. If you start winning games now, you don't have to win games at the end of the season. And when you have to win games, that's when trouble starts. Uh, so at the moment, we know what the challenge is and uh, we're not looking any further than Saturday and Orient at Brisbane Road. 
When you spoke about Southend there, I guess it's an easy comparison for people to make, given the kind of similar positions. But as you say, you've got three more games. Is the, the most significant difference between those two jobs, though, the stability at Barrow off the pitch? So, so you're not going to be working with one hand tied behind your back like you were at, at Roots Hall? Well, I've got to be careful what I say. You know, I'm still in, in um, a little bit of um, um, cahoots, shall we say, with uh, with Southend United. And, um, uh, you know, they are what they are. They, they have their troubles off the field of play. Uh, where Barrow is concerned, I've came to the club today. I see nothing but support from the, the board. Uh, I think the chairman is a, a wonderful fella. Uh, he's got... Uh, two or three board members that are ably supporting him from a financial point of view, but also from, you know, advice. I've met everyone already. We've had press conferences today and that was fairly easy. Everybody wanted to come to the ground to, to say hello, but that's key. You know, everybody wanted to come to the ground to say hello. It's, you know, when you've got that kind of support as a manager, if you get that from the players as well, you've got to have a chance. Now, I know we are where we are because we've lost games. Uh, and we've lost more games than we've won. For to turn that round immediately uh, is hopefully the job in hand, you know, that bounce that a, a new manager brings in. But it's never that easy, you know. The group of players are where they are because, you know, the uh, the situation probably against Carlisle was, was the straw that broke the camel's back with regards to the previous incumbent. But, you know, when you've got the, the local derby in town, you want to turn up. You want a group of players that's going to turn up and perform for you. And when they don't, that's where the disappointment kicks in. But um, Saturday's a different day. Uh, Saturday's a game against Orient. Saturday's a game uh, against the team that's on the up. Um, and we've got to make sure that we, we bring our A game, we bring our best game to the party to try and impress the new management uh, and try and get us uh, into a position in the league table at the end of the season where we know, we know we're going to be playing league football next year. You mentioned the Orient game. Obviously, they've been revitalised in recent weeks after their own managerial change. It's a tricky fixture. I just wonder if if actually it's maybe better to be starting away from home rather than at home. Because, you know, you've mentioned if you win all these four home games, you, you, you probably survive. But maybe a little bit less pressure starting on the road where less is expected of you. I don't think there's any less pressure. I think you put enough pressure on yourself, basically. I know, I know the the supporters turning up, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, put pressure on you. I understand that, but you know, I, I would rather have forty thousand coming to the to the ground week in and week out. Uh, it would be fantastic. Uh, but you know, we are what we are. We're and we're playing Orient away. I would imagine there will be travelling fans. I'm I'm sure they'll they'll be uh, a support mechanism in place, and we're there to. Not just entertain, yes, that's going to be key, that's going to be important, but we have to park the entertainment side of things at the moment to be possibly more pragmatic, to be possibly uh, doing things on sad days that we haven't done so far. Uh, and that's been a little bit nastier, a little bit uh, tougher to beat, a little bit more organised uh, and a little bit more maybe vocal. And that comes with winning games of football. So all of them things have to be in place uh, on a Monday to Friday and hopefully carry them across the white line on, on Saturday with the right team. And that, that pragmatism you mentioned, it might actually not be too difficult to instil because the defensive record of the team is actually decent, isn't it? It's been right. on the other end of the pitch where the problems have been. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, I've, um, I've got to thank um, the previous incumbent for that. That's that's my way of playing football. You start with something that you, you can build upon and, and having a back four, back five, a solid base, a clean sheet mentality. That kind of foundation is is priceless for me. Um, we have got players that are capable of opening the door for sure. Uh, but that lack of confidence in front of goals is there for everybody to see. Hopefully the, the new management regime uh, will hopefully change that uh, in a positive manner. Um, you know, you are looking at players that have done quite well. You know, Ollie Banks has been given the captaincy. Ollie Banks has been given a new um, new contract. And he's got 12, 13 goals this season for a centre midfield player. That's different class. Um, we need a similar kind of return from the strikers. Uh, if they can get them kind of goals and go past Ollie Banks in terms of goals return, uh, it bodes for a, a good, strong finish to the season. But lifting that pressure, lifting that, um, you know, that whatever, that's, you know, the handcuffs that are sort of tying the strikers up at the moment uh, is the job in hand. And uh, that comes on the training ground with smiles on people's faces. 
A um, couple more before we let you go, if you'd be so kind. I'm, I'm just fascinated as to what motivates you at this stage of your career. You know, we know that you're great in the media and, and that, that side of the game is there for you as and when you want it, isn't it? So I just wonder what, at your level of experience and time of life, makes you want to to put this massive stress upon yourself. Is it, is it an addiction, football management? Is it just a big part of who you are? I like I like the question. Um, in fact, I love the question. When you say time of life, it's strange. I had a, a, a deal that I had with my daughter, uh, who I've just had a phone call from. Strangely enough, I just showed her the sunshine in Barrow and she's in Barcelona and it's pouring down, um, which is beautiful. Uh, but I had a, a deal with me, my daughter. When I reached 50, I was, I was going to start going backwards. So I'm really, I'm not 63, I'm 39. Uh, my enthusiasm for life, for the game, is something inherent in me. I don't know where it comes from. Probably parents, probably upbringing, probably Northeast mentality, you know, all of them things. But to have been around the world and come back to the northwest of England and probably further north and, you know, on a longitude basis than, than Newcastle or South Shields or whatever, it's very, it'll be very, very close, I should imagine. It's great to be back listening to the accents. It's great to be back with the uh, the northern mentality, but it's great to bring the sunshine back. Um, and hopefully that sunshine, metaphorically speaking, will be results. That's the main thing. You know, the the sunshine uh, on Saturday. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's shining. If you lose the game, it doesn't shine. You know, we've got to we've got to bring something back to um, the Dunes Hotel Stadium, and I've got to get that right. I've got to make sure I get that right. The Dunes Hotel Stadium when we play Port Vale next week, because that's going to be. That's going to be key. That's going to be important. If the supporters are going to turn out for us next Saturday, it's because we've got something from the game against Orient. Uh, you will be taking some supporters down to Orient with you uh, this weekend. Too. We always always finish with a, a, two, a super tough, journalistic, you know, incisive question. Here's mine for you. It's an 11-hour round trip, I reckon, all the way down to London. What are you going to be doing on the coach to pass the time? You can't be working all that time. Are you, are you a card games guy? Are you a podcast? Are you getting the DVD out? Oh, I've got it. I'm into a bit of podcast. I've got to say it. Uh, I do like the cards. Uh, I do like a preparation time as well, you know, preparation with regards to anything that the opposition can throw up against you. I do like me racing. There's, there's, there's all sorts of things to take me mind off the game because you can't focus on it 24-7, albeit I do. Um, but um, yeah, 11-hour journey. It, it sounds nothing when you talk about um, flying to Hyderabad and back. <laughs> so uh, no I'm looking forward to the journey get to know the players a little bit more on the training ground it's very easy because there's a ball there and everybody's excited and and uh, you get your views and your, your opinions across but uh, to see them off the field of play is as important as on the field of play so I'll get to know the characters of the players a little bit better Phil it's great to see you back in the AFL we wish you all the best for Saturday and for the rest of the season thank you appreciate that Matt thank you so that was Phil Brown. Aaron, are you backing him to to keep Barrow up? As we mentioned in, in the interview there, they've got a big problem in terms of scoring goals and that, that's not something that's often easily solvable. It's not something easily solvable. He's He's got a big job on his hands. But like we see with, with so many clubs, when they bring a new manager in, you sometimes get that, that new manager bounce and I think that's what they'll be hoping for. You know, he's, he's got the job until the end of the season and they'll be hoping that he can hit the ground running. He's, in terms of experience, he's, he's managed at, at the top level. So that that will go in his favour. But the players need to respond to him. We need to respond to his ideas. And he needs to go in there with a, a real freshness after, you know, it, it not ending on the greatest terms at Southend. I think he'll be keen to kind of right some wrongs and to prove that he's still a, a, a top, top manager. And... Maybe he's looking at his next next step, you know, if, if he doesn't stay at Barrow past this season. You know, he'll want to make sure that his record looks looks good on paper for, for whatever comes next for him. So I think it's a, a relationship that could could be beneficial for both parties. It's got to go well for him, hasn't it, Adrian, really? Because where do you go after this if this doesn't go well? Yeah, I guess so. He, he just loves football, doesn't he? He just can't resist being a football manager, I, I do take my hat off to him. The fire's still burning. But yeah, you, you're right. It didn't go brilliantly at Swindon. Over in India, I don't think the results were great either. And, and the South End return was was a bit of a disaster. So so yeah, he does he does need to, to end this one on a positive, how, no matter how long it lasts. As, as Aaron says, 
he's got to, he's probably got to get more wins than than defeats just to, just to show that he's still still got it. He's sixty two now, but I think he's a lot younger in in his mindset and and yeah, he doesn't look it. Does he? He still looks quite fresh, really. So I, I wish him the best of luck. I do like him. I, I think that sometimes it might take players a little bit longer to get used to him and his, his personality. Um, but he's got Neil McDonald there, who's a really good ally that will know the the vibe of the place and and help him settle in. I think one one thing I will say is that it's a it's a it's a shocking uh, fixture list. Really bad running for for Barrow. I think the the two easiest games on paper are Leighton Orient, rejuvenated, and Crawley, who are dangerous. They can beat anyone. The rest are all promotion contenders. So picking up the points he needs is not going to be that easy. Yeah, he spoke to uh, other media on Wednesday and said, if we can win all our home games, that'll probably do it. Home games against Port Vale, Forest Green, Sutton and Northampton. Uh, so good luck with that. Uh, now elsewhere, Festi Ebiselli has been one of the key players for Derby County in recent weeks, but he won't be there next season. The Republic of Ireland under-21 winger will join Udinese on a five-year deal in the summer. Feels to me, Aaron, like they they played a game of of risk with this. The, the Derby administrators apparently Forrest bid five hundred grand for him in January, and they turned that down. He'll leave for a nominal fee now. It's a gamble that's not really paid off, has it? Because it's not like you know he's going to score the goals to keep them up or anything by the looks of it. Yeah, definitely not ideal. You know, he's a he's a top player. He's going to go on and and have a top career, and they probably should have cashed in when they had the opportunity. Unfortunately for them, he is now going to go and move on. And now Derby need to really look and see if they, can they find another gem? Have they got another one that they can they can bring through and, and is going to help them to progress? Because Derby as a, as a club, are, listen, they should be in the Premier League, the size of the club. And they've had so many, so much turmoil off the pitch that this should be a success story that we're talking about for Derby. Unfortunately, with how things have gone, it's it's not gone that way, and it's just another another cross against against their name. If if I'm honest, it's going to be interesting to see, isn't it, Adrian? How he does for the rest of the season at Derby. He's not joining Udinese till the summer, but we've seen Luke Plange's form take a dip since he was sold to to Crystal Palace and then load back again. Yeah, you can maybe lose a little edge. He looks a good a good lad, a good pro. I'm really impressed. I watched him actually in that. Forest v Derby match and I thought he was excellent and really dangerous quick and skillful whenever he got it it looked like he'd make something happen he has actually been out of the team hasn't he because maybe his head was turned maybe what the situation with the move was was distracting him and, and he's gone he's gone with the other youngster hasn't he at, at the moment um Ebiowe, who's been superb as well so, yeah. so they've got yeah. someone to sort of fill his boots but I, it's a schoolboy error, isn't it? Missing out on the five hundred grand. Um, these these administrators. Uh, there's, there's more crosses than ticks, I think, so far uh, for the job they're doing. Who fires the administrators? <laughs> anyone, anyone out there? I don't know, but it, it, they're not. They're not. Not 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 doing that great, are they? No, they are not. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if he ends up going to Watford on loan. Obviously, Udinese owned by the Pozzo family. Um, it's a, a more nominal fee that you pay to, to the player going abroad than it, it would be for a domestic club. So you do kind of think, don't you, Adrian, that, that it, we might well see him on loan at Watford next season. Well, I'll tell you how many soon. transfers have taken place between Watford and Udinese over the past decade. 50 tells a story doesn't it <laughs> so um yeah. yeah look derby fans will be fuming if if Ebersele ends up on loan at Watford next season um or even making a permanent transfer in the next 12 months or so that would be a little bit of a below the belt blow we'll have to see with that one right after this break we'll talk about what happened in midweek so what do you think about this Jesse Marsh then I quite like him he's American and American managers never get relegated do they that's because there's no relegation in Major League Soccer. Oh. It would be generous to say Leeds definitely won't get relegated, but if you want generous, try Paddy Power's Bet Builder offer and get money back as a free bet if one leg of your fourfold Bet Builder lets you down. Paddy Power. Pretty much online Bet Builder bets only. Win odds one to five per leg. Max free bet £10 per day. Seven day free bet expiry. Excludes enhanced match odds. Eligibility restrictions and T's and C's apply. 18 plus, begumbleaware.org. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You're listening to the Totally Football League Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Uh, just one League One game midweek saw Plymouth register their sixth successive win on the spin. They beat Cheltenham 2-0. Uh, they're up to fourth, five points behind Wigan, having played twice more. Too much of an ask, Aaron, for them to, to make that up? Are they are they very much focused on getting a playoff place or, or do you think there's any chance they could go up automatically? I, I think playoffs is probably a realistic call at the moment. Uh, they'd need to go on a hell of a run to to get in those automatic spots. But I think, listen, they've, they've made progress. You know, they've made huge progress as the season's gone on. They're, they're in with a, a serious chance of promotion. And I think this year's probably the year to do it. You know, there's going to be some big clubs coming down from, from the championship. So I think that if, if, if you're going to do it and you're going to get up, this is the year to, to make the most of it. And like I say, they've, they've progressed massively from last season. Last season, they were near the bottom of the league and and it was just all about staying in the division. This year, they're now really, really up, up with the big boys and they're in a, in a really good, strong position to, to be able to capitalise on that. We'll talk more about Plymouth later. If we move on to the midweek action in League Two, Leighton Orient ended their longest run without a away win since 1997 with a 3-0 victory at Harrogate. Uh, we're talking a lot about managerial movements, Clarky, this week. Uh, this one appears to have worked straight away, doesn't it, with Richie Wellen? Certainly they don't really have a, a relegation threat lingering over them anymore and, and you would expect them to be amongst the challengers next season. It's amazing how quickly things can change because they were really dropping like a stone and, and you thought they might be, end up in the bottom too. And, and already in the space of a few games they, they look safe, so Great work from from Richie Willens at the outset. I do think that that group of players was screaming out for a more attack-minded manager. They got some excellent forward players. They got midfielders, uh, you know, that want to go and score goals as well. And 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 it's almost as if that you know the old cliche, the handbrake's been released um, by Willens, and they're, and they're, they're enjoying their football again. It was a good brace from Drinan, Satirio. Nice, confident finish as well uh, from a 1v1. He's got five goals in six matches, by the way, Soterio, and he, he he doesn't play up front. So he, he's in a great spell since since Kenny Jackett left. He's come alive. So I wonder what Kenny thinks about that. But he's certainly been rejuvenated since they made that that change. And and as Joby keeps telling us, when, when he left the club, they said to him that the mission was playoffs minimum. That's obviously not going to happen. That's not... Wellens brief for now, but for next season, I think the target is very clear. We we need to go up, um, so we'll be building towards that now. Uh, listener, if you like hearing Adrian talk about handbrakes, there is actually an athletic podcast about Arsenal called Handbrake Off, so you can check that out if you're so minded. Uh, back to League Two, Oldham's hopes of being a football league concerned dealt a major blow. They lost 3-1 at home to Sutton. They're three points from safety. What happened to the Shez erection? Aaron, five defeats on the spin for them now. No wins in seven. Did, did they go too early on the new manager? They, they're not going to be able to get the same kind of bounce for the rest of the season that Barrow and Stevenage will be hoping for. Most definitely. And those two teams that you just mentioned are literally two places above them. So they're, they're in trouble. They're in serious trouble. They need to turn it around real, real quick. John Sheridan knows the club inside out. I think the fans love him. But... He needs to he needs to turn it around because they have literally hit a brick wall and they're they're nearing the trapdoor of of the football league at the moment. You know they're staring it dead in the face and it would be a disaster for for Oldham to drop out of out of the football league. It's it's difficult to get get back into the football league and for Oldham as a club, I don't know how how much they'll be able to invest to be able to to recover. So it's. It's imperative that, that John Sheridan gets that team going and, and keeps them in the division this year. 
Big for Sutton though too, wasn't it, Adrian? Because they'd just been a, a little bit of a slump. You know, they, they were missing players, but but since booking their place in the FL Trophy final, but but they're only outside the playoffs on goal difference, so they, they might be going to Wembley twice. I know, I know, they've been great. I, on on older very quickly, I think the issue lately is he had a set up back four, and then he's had injuries, so he's had to make personnel changes, and it's weakened the team quite severely so there's a little bit of sort of you know extenuating circumstances there but he's got to find a way hasn't he as Aaron said yeah on Sutton really what a dream season brilliant scored 58 goals you know this is first year as a football league club fourth highest in the division you know they're not that pretty are they they sort of play a lot of long channel balls it's set pieces long throws etc but They've also got quality, and I thought we saw that in the game the other day. It was a great counter-attacking goal. I think Corboa it was who scored it. Yeah, they've, they've been really good. And, and what I love about Sutton is that they don't change for anyone. A lot of managers and clubs, you know, they'll tweak. There's nothing wrong with changing your tactics game by game, by the way. But a lot of managers get sort of hung up on that. It's like, oh, we're playing a team that's got a back three and they're quite expansive. So we're going to do this to, to sort of nullify them. Sutton, nah. It's like... We're Sutton. This is what we do. We're a four-four-two team. Thirty-seven of their thirty-eight games have played that formation, and we're going to play the same way every week. And we'll see where it gets us. Well, it's got them to Wembley, and it might get them into the playoffs. Yeah, this was a really good good win for them. You know, two set piece goals and a counter kind of sums them up really. Uh, another team who might get into the playoffs, and Aaron, Adrian, and Sam both called me a madman when I said that they might. A Mansfield Town. Uh, they. Got a late win at Rochdale. Jordan Bowery hopping off the bench to score the only goal of the game in the 86th minute here. And and they needed that, didn't they, the Stags, after back-to-back defeats against fellow contenders in, in Tranmere and Port Vale. So just uh, give them that bit more belief as well as the uh, few more points. Yeah, they definitely needed it. And they've got a couple of games they hand over the teams teams above them. But if they win them, they go, they go I think, join second in the, in the league. You know, they're... They're really well well placed, and because of those back to back defeats, you almost look and think, right, you could have been right up there challenging, you know, to to almost win the league, let alone just just finishing it in the top two or three places. So, they if, if they get this right, they're certs for for promotion because they've had a brilliant brilliant run, brilliant run, ported a little bit, but all good teams do. All all successful teams will have that that little spell where it it gets a little bit tricky. In any team that I played in that that was successful, we always had a little blip. There was always that little period. But the key is to make sure that that period doesn't last too long. You have it, you come out of it, it makes you more appreciative. You know, it grounds you a little bit more and then you go again. And then once you get on that run again, you, you, you just, it tells you through. So I think that's what will happen with Mansfield. I think that the two games in hand, Providing they start picking up some results, that will be key and they'll go on and get promotion for me. Really, really tight at the top of League Two, just six points separating second place Exeter uh, to Mansfield in 10th. Exeter, by the way, drew 0-0 at Port Vale. Vale would have gone into the automatic promotion places if they'd won. Instead, they're outside the playoffs, which tells you just how tight it is. Uh, No championship this weekend, so Leagues 1 and 2 take centre stage. We'll preview the best of the upcoming action next. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
You're listening to the Totally Football League Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. If you want to read more Football League content from the likes of Nancy Frostick, Paul Taylor, Phil Buckingham, Peter Rutzler, and more of the Athletic's best writers, you can do so by heading to theathletic.com forward slash league show and get yourself a subscription of just £1 a month for the next six months. That's theathletic.com forward slash league show. Ipswich Town and Plymouth Argyle both have designs on a place in the Championship next season. They meet at Portman Road. Must win for Ipswich this, Aaron. Six points off the playoffs at the moment. Yeah, I think it's a must win. <clears throat> Ipswich need to get promotion. The club demands it. My time there, you know, the, the speaking to, to fans, they, ex, they expect Ipswich to be in the top division and competing. And where they find their self at the moment is is nowhere near where where they should be. So it's a massive club, massive stadium, massive expectations. And unfortunately, the managers that have gone in haven't been able to to get them over the line and get them back to compete in at least champions, you know, top end championship to to get into the Premier League. This season is going to be massive for them, and I I really think that they they need to get up this year, and then they can they can look to build. Kieran McKenna's been amazing, hasn't he, Clark? He's just looking at his record, only lost two of 16. He's only 35. This is his first time in, in the proper proper top job. And it was such a mess, wasn't it, with, with that incredible influx of players over the summer and the new manager. You could have forgiven a vastly experienced coach for taking a while to sort that out, never mind a rookie. Hugely impressive. Maybe the fact that he's a rookie helped him. You know, he just he, he, he had no scars from the past, just went with what he believed in. And, and you remember, he's working with the Premier League players, wasn't he, at Manchester United? So it's a new division, a new standard as well for him. So it's it's un, unbelievable, really. What I think he's done is he's made them all more comfortable on the ball. So that they, they, they're knocking the ball around with far more fluency and, and belief, a bit more movement in the side. And it... Kind of the opposite to Sutton, where I, I praised Matt Gray for sticking with four four two. You know what they're about. He flits between different formations at Ipswich, but the principles always stay the same. And that's you know regarding the, the way we look after the ball, the passing, the movement, the patterns of play, etc. And 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 yeah, the players are improving because of it, because of his coaching. So yeah, really impressive. Um, it was a killer blow, though, wasn't it? That 95th minute equaliser for Oxford on, on the weekend. This is huge. How do they react to it? You know, you could forgive them for feeling a bit sorry for themselves. So be fascinated to see what kind of approach they take to this game. I think it's going to be tight. I really do. Plymouth not conceding any goals at the moment. Same with Ipswich. Huge game. Must not lose really for for Ipswich. I think it's kind of a must win. So yeah, it's um, yeah. <laughs> Ipswich one nil would be the kind of possible <laughs> result that would keep their season alive, but it could easily go the other way. And it's not going to be easy to achieve that either, is it, Aaron? Clark, you mentions Plymouth's defensive record: six wins in a row, clean sheets in all of those. That's phenomenal. Yeah, they're they're a team in in form, and they've won nine out of their last eleven games. So it shows that they're they're a team that's in form. They'll fancy their chances. They'll they they want to be competing with with the likes of Ipswich. This is a game that you don't need to you don't need to get your players up for. You know the importance of it. You go and go in an amazing stadium, packed house. These are the games that that those Plymouth players will want to be playing in. You know they're the games that I miss as a as a player. So you know it, it's going to be a very very difficult game, but. Like you say, if, if Ipswich turn up and Ipswich use what they've got, they use the crowd, they use the stadium, they use the experience, then they 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 should really go on and win the game. But Plymouth aren't going to lie down and, and give them the points, that's for sure. Also in League One, newly revitalised Shrewsbury Townhouse, Lincoln City in Shropshire. The Shrews have won their last two, scoring eight, conceding none. That's just about put behind the many lingering relegation fears. Lincoln season, meanwhile, 
could generously be described as underwhelming. Um, Aaron, as you know full well, it, it makes a real difference when you've got a goal scorer in your side, isn't it? And, and Daniel Udo of late has been that for Shrewsbury. 11 goals all told this season, but but three in his last two. And and that's the thing, as we were talking about with Barrow earlier, that that's what can propel you up the table. Definitely. I think any team that has a, a goal scorer like that stands a, a very good chance. I watched Shrewsbury early February against Wickham and I was not impressed by him at all. You know, Uda was on the bench because he'd played he'd played um, a few days prior and they looked really, you know, they looked a really poor side against the poor Wickham side on the day. Um, they went on to lose their next two games, but since then they've really kicked on. You know, Uda's back starting every game, scoring goals. And as a team, they just look, you know, they've gone from strength to strength. The last two wins have been massive. You know, beating Morecambe um, and then going on and, and beating Rotherham was was massive for them. So, you know, I think that they can now go on and just have a good end to the season and give them something to build on for next year because I think next year will be where they can really see where where they can get to as a as a club. What about Lincoln, Clark? He, for me, the most disappointing team in League One this season. Is, is that harsh or fair? Definitely fair, because they were so good last year and, and and they've been so average this time around. Lincoln and Plymouth have made me look like a mug. They really have. I mean, I, I think I tip Lincoln for promotion, Plymouth to go down. It's, yeah, it, it's what happens. But they're the biggest overachievers, definitely the Pilgrims, and, and Lincoln have to be the biggest underachievers. Um, just look at the players they've got. Forward areas as well. I know not all of these have been available during the course of the season, but Hopper and Marquis up front, Maguire, Scully, Bishop, these are good players. You know, it's, um, they've had problems in goal, haven't they? They've had to change their goalkeeper a few times. It's not been ideal. I just can't put my finger on it because they play well against the big teams and then and then they lose matches you don't expect them to. Um, Lincoln won at Wigan, they won at Plymouth and they won at Sunderland. But then they lost at Crewe and Morecambe. I mean, what's that all about? It's it's just weird, isn't it? So, um, yeah, I, I think I th- there is one clear reason why they've they've been so bad, and that's their off the ball work. Last season, nineteen clean sheets in forty six games. This year, four in thirty eight. So you know that's that's the difference in a nutshell. So um, yeah, but this yeah, but interesting game. Both teams safe. It's just they they can go out and have a bit of fun. Uh, in League Two, Exeter City hosts Stevenage in what will eventually be Steve Evans' first game in charge. Last weekend's game against Mansfield was postponed due to a COVID outbreak in the Stevenage camp. Um, we'll start with Stevenage, Adrian. I-, I wonder, I mean, the temptation is to say, well, Steve Evans will have enjoyed that extra week on the on the training pitch with his players rather than being thrown straight into a game. But of course, the X factor is we don't know how many players tested positive and how many people were actually at the training ground. So it, it might have actually just made things even more difficult for him. Oh, I think it would have been made it difficult. You know, I've recently had COVID and I'm still a little bit phlegmy. I'm still, it's not great. Yeah, I'm still coughing a bit. I'm recovered, but I'm not the same. And, and if you're a footballer, you don't know. Some might just pick it up and, and, and it's fine. But others might be breathing a bit heavy for a few weeks and, and, and struggling. So definitely it's a bad thing for, for Evans and for the team. And this well, it's a bad start, isn't it? Not a good, not an ideal start for Evans. Exeter are really strong. And, and, and I was looking at Stevenage's away record. Woof. <laughs> One win away all season. That was on August the fourteenth. I mean, quite a lot. Quite a lot of things have happened since August the fourteenth. Um, you know, failed to score in eleven away games as well. So yeah, they. It's it's a funny one. I haven't seen them in the flesh this season, Stephen. So it's difficult for me to properly assess them. But the one thing that stands out, and it's it's easy to label this a negative now because they're not doing very well, is they've got a lot of oldies. A lot of older players. Um, probably at the time we were saying, oh, good experience, players that know the division, etc. But it feels like it's become a bit of a retirement home, Broad Hallway, in recent times. Taylor, Boswick, Cuthbert, Coker, O'Neill, Lines, Prosser, Upson, all good players, but all in their 30s. And some of them are well into their 30s. Five of that list 
started the last game. Now, if you've got five over 30s in the team, I don't know, what does Aaron think about this? Five over 30s in the team is is tipping it over the edge, in my opinion. I think you need those younger legs and that enthusiasm that that they bring. And I I, I think that just depends on what end of the table you're at. I think those players, if you're at the right end of the table, those players can carry you through and they get the younger ones working and they're at it and it gives them that extra extra yard. You know, they're able to run those extra yards and, and put that extra little bit of effort in. When it's the other end and things aren't going well, the mood's not great, every single run seems that much harder. You know, you're getting that much closer to, to retirement and it just, everything's more difficult. So you need, you do need the experienced players, whether you're near the top or, or near the bottom. But, when it's not going great, those yards are are difficult, and you feel them that much more. I've been there. <laughs> two or three, I reckon two or three more. over thirties in your team, perfect. I think three might be the optimum. A lot yeah, of managers don't are, have. You look at Barnsley. Barnsley. I know Barnsley's a bad example because they're not having a good season, but Barnsley don't have anyone that's that that's yeah. that age. You know, I, th- I think it's you need that balance. But five of your eleven, for, for me, that's. Yeah, that's 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 more of a negative than a positive. What about Exeter then, Heron? Pleased enough with a with a point at Port Vale on Tuesday. I think only lost once in the league since New Year's Day. They are currently second. Have you got them pegged as finishing in the top three come May? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Really impressed with them. Really impressed with the way they play. The way they once they get their tails in front, they <laughs> they don't they rarely give it away. Um, and I think if, if Forrest Green hadn't had such a, a, a brilliant start to the season, I think that Exeter would, would probably be my tip to, to win it, if I'm honest. Forrest Green have all of a sudden hit a, a bit of a, a sticky patch and now the gap's closing. They should be far and away, you know, they're far and away the best team in the division. They've got Matty Stevens who's scoring goals freely. I think he's got 22, 22, 23 goals now. But Exeter, really impressive. Really impressive, really strong. It's always a difficult place to go. I hated playing there as a as a player because it was always a, a really tough game. I don't think I ever went there when the weather was nice and I always came home sore. That's that's what I remember about, about Exeter. But yeah, really impressed with them. Re- I think that they'll they'll go up and I think if they go up they'll they'll do well in the in the division above as well. Uh, last stop for us is Boundary Park, where Oldham Athletic take on Mansfield Town. As we mentioned, contrasting fortunes for the pair in midweek, but both really in need of the points here. Have you managed to put your finger on, on much that has changed about Oldham over the last five games, Aaron? Because as we mentioned, they were seven unbeaten. Obviously, injuries play a part in that. But, but is there also just a kind of natural levelling off after a new manager comes in that you revert to the problems that you had under the old guy? Well, if the problems haven't been solved, then eventually you just revert to type. And I think it's more of a the doom and gloom of, of losing regularly. It becomes habit. And all of a sudden, after the new manager bounce and, and everything looking really good, you, you lose a game and then all of a sudden it's like, now we're we're back to normal now. And then you lose again and you lose again and then all of a sudden you are you have reverted to type. The, the problems that were there before haven't been solved and you now you find yourself in a lull and that's where they are at the moment. How they pick themselves up, I don't know. I honestly, I don't know. I'm, I think a win and seeing them just... Gaining a bit a bit of ground on on the teams above would be huge. I think they need a, a real injection of confidence, but they need they need everyone fit, and they need to get a settled team. And that's what they've they've really struggled with of late. They've not been able to field the same the same team or their their big players, their main their main defenders regularly enough. And John Sheridan's struggling with that. If they can get those players fit, then. They've got more than enough to be able to stay in the division. But without that, they're, it's, they're going to be up against it. Uh, in terms of Mansfield, Adrian, we mentioned that Stevenage postponement. It, it means that the Stags now play five away games in a row. Nigel Clough was pretty annoyed that it was called off and the circumstances. But but there again, he did get 
a couple of days off and, you know, a valuable bit of rest for his players at this time of the season. So two sides to the coin, I guess. It, it probably feels a bit better given they won at Rochdale midweek. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that would have, that would have felt good. Um, yeah, it's just the way it goes. It's a strange run of run of games all being away from home. But the one thing about Mansford is I don't think it really affects them. I think obviously they've got a strong home record, but they sort of attack home and away. I've played against Nigel Clough teams. They've all, they always want to attack. They're sort of all similar, aren't they? They're neat and tidy, ball players, and they take the risks, but they it's, it's, it's about forward momentum and about scoring goals. And so, yeah, I think they'll go home and away. They'll, they'll attack the matches the same. The, the issue for them is is away from home against good teams, not one on the road against the top half side this season. Now, if you're going to get automatics, you've got to improve that, haven't you? So, so we'll see what happens. This kind of fix, you hold them away. That's that's kind of meat and drink for Mansfield. Five wins, three draws, and one defeat away to bottom half side. So, got got to consider them heavy favourites here. Um, they'll attack the game. They'll try and score goals. Uh, let's see what the odds makers are saying about these games, particularly Paddy Power, seeing as they sponsor the show. Producer Abby can fill us in. Thanks, Matt. Yep, we're going to begin at Portman Road, where Ipswich are hosting Plymouth. Uh, Ipswich are the odds on favourites. You might be surprised to hear they are 10 to 11, Plymouth 3 to 1, and the draw 5 to 2. If you fancy that goal either way in this match, uh, Ipswich to score, then that 1 0 home win is 6 to 1, or a 1 0 away win is 10 to 1. In our other League One match of choice, uh, which is Shrewsbury against Lincoln, it's the Shrews who are the favourites in this one. They are evens, and Lincoln 11 to 4 with the draw 11 to 5. Uh, if you're thinking, do you know what? Shrewsbury have scored eight goals in the last two matches. I fancy them to carry on scoring a lot. And you're thinking maybe over 2.5 goals will be good for your bet builder. Those odds come in at six to five. Into League Two. And Exeter are hosting Stevenage. Exeter, unsurprisingly, the odds on favourites here. Six to four on to beat Steve Evans Stevenage. That's a bit of a tongue twister. They are four to one themselves and the draw is five to two. And finally, Oldham hosting Mansfield. That's 14 to five for the home side. But no surprise here. Nigel Clough's Mansfield heavy on odds on favourites. They are 11 to 10 on to beat the Latics. 12 to five the draw. Uh, But if one thing we have learned in the AFL, it's to expect the unexpected. So who knows what will happen this weekend? Thanks, Abby. You can find out these odds and more at paddypower.com or the Paddy Power app. Prices are accurate at the time of recording. It's over 18s only. T's and C's apply. And when the fun stops, stop. And now then, before we go, much to Gary Neville's annoyance, I'm sure, Huddersfield Town players have been spotted in Disneyland this week. Harry Toffolo shared a picture on Instagram of himself, Danny Ward and Matty Pearson uh, enjoying the park. They all have matching Mickey Mouse T-shirts on, uh, which is, I don't know, sweet, I guess. Uh, Aaron, what's your your ultimate mid season break? I'm 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 told that you two are not particular theme park guys. So what? It's just poolside in Vegas for a little bit, is it? Yeah. I listen. If I had my choice, I'd be in Vegas most definitely. Um, <laughs> but listen, going and going to a theme park and and getting everyone together, getting that feel good factor back. You know, it's 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 a it's a tough season. You know, these lads work hard tirelessly day in day out to go and and have a little, you know, let your hair down and, and go and have a bit of fun. I don't see an issue with it. You know, I think that Huddersfield have, have done brilliant. I think they've done great this season. Um, and I think the lads deserve it. I think that they'll benefit from it. And, uh, you know, I totally disagree with with Gary Neville's thoughts on, on, on this whole subject. You know, I think that these lads can, can actually just switch off from football for a bit. You never fully switch off. But you should be able to just, as much as you can, mentally switch off and then come back refreshed and ready to to go from from then to the end of the season because these seasons are grueling. Uh, Clarky, if the gaffer, let's say producer Abby says we're all looking a bit tired, we'll go to I don't know Euro Disney's probably a bit more realistic than Disneyland. Would you be saying yeah, let's do it or? No, why don't we just go to Dubai for a couple of days instead? <laughs> oh, if I had a say on it, I'd probably prefer a more grown-up venue, I've got to be honest, than <laughs> um, Disneyland Paris. I think that's where they are, isn't it? I, th- I think they're in Paris. I don't think they've gone to America. Um, oh, okay, that, that, but that's, that makes me feel better about it for some reason. 
I'm, I'm, I think it's great. Like they're having a laugh. It's they're switching off. They're, they're trying to forget about the football. I mean, what Neville was saying is, you know, if you're losing games, you shouldn't show your face in public. I mean, he only ever played for Man United, and Man United barely lost. And if they if they went for a bad bad spell, you know, I could, I could, could understand where he's coming from, but no, I think in the modern day, the modern player. They, you know, with mental health as well being so important, you know, he's stewing on it at home or doing extra work on the training ground, you know, with a miserable manager. Is that more beneficial than for your mental health and, you know, general confidence than going away, having a laugh with your mates and, and getting to know them? And, and, and just, yeah, for, the football season can be a real churn. And it, I think it's important every now and again to take a step back from it. So, yeah, um, I'm all for Huddersfield doing this and good on them for going somewhere, you know, a bit babyish. Adrian, did you find that you bonded better with your teammates away from away from the football pitch as opposed to when you're working and training day in, day out? Of course. Yeah, of course, because it's quite a competitive environment, isn't it, at the training ground as well? And I think your mind, every day you're on trial as a footballer. That's kind of how it how it works. You have to get your head around that. And so it's a, it's quite a serious business. Obviously, you'll have laughs, but ultimately you're being judged every day. So I think you only really get to know people, your mates, your teammates, and just know about them as people, their families, when you're outside. Whether it's going into town for you know a meal on the on the seafront at South End, or or whether it's going out and going on a day trip. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm all for them, and and I think that they're they're really really important. There you go, Gary Neville. Get yourself over to Disneyland Paris. I'm sure Danny Ward will let you borrow his Donald Duck hat and maybe it'll just chill you out a little bit. Uh, That will do it for today. I'm off next week, so Michelle Owen's going to be looking after things. Adrian and Sam will be with her on Monday to react to all the weekend's news. Do join them for that if you can. Until then, from Aaron, from Adrian, from Abby and from me, many thanks for your company today. Catch up with you again soon. You've been listening to the Totally Football League Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Listen ad-free on the Athletic app and keep up to date with everything Totally by heading to at the Totally Show on Twitter and on Insta. Find out the latest subscription offers by going to theathletic.com forward slash league show. The Totally Football League Show is an Athletic Media Company production. The Athletic.